Welcome to the Newsbusters podcast with your host, executive editor of Newsbusters, Tim Graham. Hello and welcome. It's the weird week before Christmas where people are taking entire weeks off because Christmas is on a Sunday. Now, I'm not complaining. The commute in today to the Reston headquarters, pretty sweet. It's kind of a slow week, but at least on Monday, the Democrats were squeezing the last few drops out of the January 6th hype. Uh, This will be followed by a series of 500-page doorstops for anti-Trumpers. Yes, don't you want to get your copy of the House January 6th committee report. Which one will you choose? The New York Times book comes out on Thursday with accompanying insights from New York Times reporters who've covered the story from the beginning. Oh yes, this is the one to get early if you want to spend Christmas Day with 500 pages of Adam Schiff. Then on December 26th, You could get the report by The New Yorker magazine with a preface by David Remnick, the Pulitzer Prize winning editor of The New Yorker, along with an epilogue by Congressman Jamie Raskin of Maryland. On January 3, you can get the report complete with new independent analysis of the coup conspiracy by MSNBC chief legal correspondent Ari Melber. Yes, they advertise this version by saying it has the definitive accounting of Donald Trump's efforts to end American democracy. And then to wrap it up, naturally, on January 6, 2023, the second anniversary, you can get the official report by the Select Committee to investigate the January 6th attack on the United States Capitol. Featuring an exclusive forward on the state of American democracy by Congressman Adam Schiff. I just love the idea of some anti-Trump obsessive buying all four volumes like they're going to get all the Beatles tracks. Or like when all four members of KISS put out solo albums. I know, I'm dating myself. Uh, But, you know, at least those albums all had different songs. Uh, They were probably kind of junky. They were not best-selling albums, as I recall. I didn't buy any of them. That was not my band. Then there's the Biden scandals, which nobody wants to write a book about. You can't count on the New York Times or the New Yorker or MSNBC to somehow jump on you know, Republican probes of anything. Fox News had a poll finding... 72% of voters think it's important for the Justice Department to investigate Hunter Biden's business dealings with foreign governments. This is unchanged from the 72% who felt that way in August, according to Fox. That includes majorities of Republicans, 88%, Independents, 74%, and even Democrats, 54%. Now, in Fox News Sunday, host Shannon Bream brought up this poll. And liberal Juan Williams was upset. Why would Fox ask if it's important for the DOJ to probe Hunter when it's been doing so for years? Well, as Fox noted, they pulled this in August. That was before the Department of Justice appointed a second 
Trump probing special counsel in Jack Smith. Uh, I, I mean, I think on some level, he just doesn't want there to be any Hunter Biden poll questions. He wants to say Hunter Biden's not really guilty of anything. Vince Colonnese, local DC radio star, has a rebuttal. If Hunter Biden's guilty of anything, he's guilty of using his family name uh, for connections. And I don't, it's not illegal. And, and we see this across many presidents in their terms of their family. He's and also there, guilty of, of being an addict who is showing mm-hmm. sort of pornographic images of himself. So, I mean, is he the bag man? If, would you pick him to be your, your Fredo if you were the godfather? I don't think so. I think that's a, not the right guy. The pile of evidence here is immense, though. It's not just that he was on drugs and there's pictures of him in sex acts. That exists, yes, and that could be used for blackmail, potentially. But ultimately, you've got Tony Bobulinski, an actual on-the-record business partner, saying that Joe Biden was the financial beneficiary of this arrangement. It, it is an explicit thing that they have never denied. The White House there's has no not pre- put it down, no and Hunter has not put it there's down. There's no evidence. Well, for Juan Williams to say there's no evidence is now you're being silly. Fact check false. Just remember, everyone, Ivanka Trump has drawn more critical media coverage than Hunter Biden has. They would say, well, Ivanka was in the government. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there was that part, but there was also the Ivanka private business part. Uh, Donald Trump Jr., obviously, they were all over him. Uh, The New York Times trashed Ivanka's book. They trashed Jared's book. I don't think they were that way about Hunter's book or Mrs. Hunter's book. On Mondays, Brent Baker does something called the liberal media scream with the Washington Examiner with Mr. Paul Bedard. Baker selected an exchange from this week with sometimes George Stephanopoulos. In this case, it was Martha Raddatz in the chair. The target, the subject, was Texas Governor Greg Abbott. Somehow, in Martha Raddatz's brain, there's not so much an open border. It's the problem here is that the Republicans are saying there's an open border. Listen to this. You talk about the border wall. You talk about open borders. I don't think I've ever heard President Biden say, we have an open border, come on over. But people I have heard say it for you are former President Trump or Ron DeSantis. That message reverberates in Mexico and beyond. So they do get the message that it is an open border, and smugglers use all those kinds of statements. It was, it was known from the time that Joe Biden got elected that Joe Biden supported open borders. Uh, it is known uh, by the cartels who have sophisticated information whether or not the Biden administration is going to enforce the immigration laws or not. It's known across the world, but most importantly, known among the cartels. So apparently Biden's words never reverberate in Mexico. Only the Republicans. You know, Brent Baker uh, did explain to the examiner his reasoning. How ludicrous. President Biden's open border policies speak louder than any words he may not have explicitly said. And since when does denouncing a policy mean you're advocating for that reality? By that reasoning, journalists like Raddatz we're promoting Trump policies every time they denounce them. Yeah, that's pretty much it. But wait on one point. We can hone in 
on what Biden explicitly said. In a primary debate on ABC on September 12, 2019, Biden did talk about coming to America. They deserve to be heard. That's who we are, said Biden. We're a nation that says you want to flee and you're fleeing oppression. You should come. You should come. That's what Biden said at the time. Now, Chuck Todd, host of NBC's Meet the Press, was trending on Twitter again on Sunday for the usual reason. Yes, once again, Chuck Todd is somehow worthless and should just transfer over to Fox News. Now, anybody who thinks all the ranting lefties were leaving Twitter en masse still just have to look at what's trending over there on the right, on the website. Well, RNC Research was tweeting out, Chuck Todd said, Democrats are acting like they won the midterms, but they did lose the House and they did lose the popular vote. I thought that the Democrats and the liberals were the ones on the side of truth. There's nothing untrue here in what Chuck Todd is saying. Now, did they defy expectations? Yes, indeed. Everyone was a little shocked at these results, or very nearly everyone. But defying expectations isn't the same as you still lost the House. The Republicans are in control of the House, and that obviously makes a big difference. This is why they're upset and anybody doing polls about Hunter Biden. We're not supposed to talk about Hunter Biden. They have a DOJ probe of Hunter Biden that may go on forever so that we don't have to talk about him. On Monday, Chuck Todd upset hardcore Democrats by suggesting President Biden doesn't have a loyal fan base. Uh, I, you know what? We got to agree with the lefties on this one. Chuck is wrong because the media are an awfully loyal Biden fan base. Finally, we did have some interesting news from the world of Elon Musk and Twitter. Semaphore.com reported Friday, NBC News benched one of its journalists who'd been harshly critical of Musk. NBC temporarily suspended tech reporter Ben Collins from covering Musk on NBC and MSNBC on TV. According to two sources that, sem uh, that spoke to Semaphore, the network told Collins earlier this month that his criticism of Musk, which included comments about how the billionaire was purposely trying to destroy Twitter, was not, as they said, editorially appropriate. Well, that's nice. That's a little shocking. We had noticed, and Fox News had noticed, that uh, Ben Collins was, it was December 2 or December 3, been a couple weeks since he's been on air. On Friday, when this story broke out, MSNBC hosts came rallying to Ben Collins' side on the readout. Jory Reid said of Twitter, at this point, I try to pull myself off it. I think it's too toxic. Really? Toxic Joy Reid thinks Twitter is too toxic. Well, then why don't you remove yourself? That's a good idea if you want to decrease the toxicity. Joy Reid is one of those people that uncorks the most ridiculous untruths. And usually it's this kind of suggestion, like Ben Collins here. It's uh, that sort of suggestion. Elon Musk wants Twitter destroyed. You know, 
Joy Reid's like, Republicans want white supremacy. Do you have any proof? I don't need proof. I have a talk show. Joy Reid continued, Thank God for the great Ben Collins who tweeted all, that all of these folks were suspended. That's how I saw that it happened. He's one of the best in the business. We love him. She's talking about how a series of reporters from the Washington Post, the New York Times, and CNN, and some others, were temporarily suspended. And the uh, cause was apparently that they were um, releasing where Elon Musk's location was. Um, you know, I don't know whether that was justified or not, because I'm not the expert on that, at least at this particular moment. But it is ironic, I think all conservatives notice, that these people did not come rushing in the defense of the New York Post when they were suspended for 17 days. 17 days in the, in the last weeks of an election. I don't remember Ben Collins or anyone speaking up for the New York Post. Instead, I'm sure everybody thought it was great. Right? We certainly remember that NPR was suggesting that the whole Hunter Biden story was a pure distraction. That was their words. On the last word with Lawrence O'Donnell, Ali Velshi was guest hosting. He brought on his buddy, Roger McNamee, who apparently appears with Collins quite a bit on the Ali Velshi shows. McNamee compared Collins to reporters on Watergate and the Pentagon Papers. So somehow now, Elon Musk is either a power-mad power billionaire like Trump, that's what Chris Hayes said, or in this case, he's uh, Richard Nixon. Roger McNamee called Ben Collins extraordinary and complained, journalistic organizations cannot be intimidated this is no different than the Pentagon Papers. This is no different than Watergate. It's a different kind of attack, but the scope is the same. What Ben Collins did is not only legitimate journalism, it was essential journalism. Yeah, you see, this is what these people do. Ben Collins can make all kinds of snarky, awful comments about Elon Musk, and it's all in the defense of democracy. There's an unrelenting assault on our democracy, and apparently it's led by Elon Musk. This is the problem. We have all these people who say they're the ones that represent freedom of speech. They represent the First Amendment. They represent democracy, and they can't wait to shut up the New York Post. They're all for that. Well, McNamee hates Elon Musk so much, I mean, just as much as Collins does, because McNamee came on Velshi's actual show on Saturday morning, where he added, Musk not only doesn't believe in democracy, he doesn't believe journalism is a legitimate business, and he's trying to torture journalists. He's trying to torture the country. Are we a bit of a drama queen? This is, this is the way you talk on MSNBC. They do that constant skirt-over-your-head kind of panic. I mean, I think this is the way that their people like it. You know, the MSNBC audience thinks of themselves. We are the saviors of democracy. We are the people that bend the, the arc of history to the right side, to the side of justice. Um, so basically, when they do all these splenetic denunciations of Republicans hating democracy, they're kind of uh, appealing to their own base 
And then they run around and say, but Twitter is toxic. <laughs> yes, the problem with these social media platforms is they've somehow weaponized dissent and were weaponized all this partisan combat. What? Like CNN and MSNBC aren't partisan combat? Are you watching your own shows? Are you listening to what you just said? Stick with us. We're on this. We're following the Twitter files as they continue to seep out. We're here. We're all the way through these last two weeks of December. We're here on the podcast, so come listen once, twice, 24 times a day. Thanks for checking in. <laughs>